Hello, everyone. Welcome to this full moon meditation meeting celebrating this festival of Scorpio. The exact time of the full moon occurs tomorrow afternoon at 4.24 p.m. And so we stand within the tide of these inflowing energies of this five-day full moon approach to the hierarchy. Each month, the full moon provides the opportunity for individuals and groups throughout the world to come together to create a magnetic field upon which the higher impressions can play. This rhythmic work carried forward month after month over the course of our lives, working in alignment with the energies of the sign under consideration and with our group brothers and sisters, is perhaps our most potent form of planetary service. This year's Scorpio festival is highlighted by the fact that it coincides with a lunar eclipse. And eclipses intensify the atmosphere surrounding unfolding events. Historically, they've been associated with changes in the trajectory of life, such as the births and deaths of important figures, as well as other significant beginnings and endings, such as the conception of the proposal for the United Nations the signing of the preliminary articles of the U.S. Constitution at the First Continental Congress, also the formal announcement of the theory of relativity, and many other turning points in planetary history occurred at the time of eclipses. It's said that even the darkness that overshadowed the crucifixion of Christ was surely the result of a powerful eclipse. The Tibetan qualifies eclipses as mass events, and he said they will become important parts of the coming New World religion. Esoterically, they bring about a closer alignment between the three planetary centers and stand as times when the will of God holds sway, when destined events come to pass and are set in motion. The will, being impersonal, stimulates both the light and the dark, the higher aspects of human nature manifesting as the will to good, but also stimulating the material aspect. Eclipses create intersection between different fields of energy or spheres of radiation. They foster an influx of energy that can be shed abroad, bringing light to seemingly intractable problems, therefore affecting the divine circulatory flow of energies. Eclipses always come in pairs, and the previous one occurred two weeks ago at the Libra New Moon. And during this time, we can witness the intensity of the energies released upon the planet. The dramatic escalation in global tensions finds humanity caught in the crosshairs of unfolding events and increasing divisions. Ancient animosities are being brought to the surface, and situations that are fraught with danger are nonetheless also presenting humanity with opportunities. During such times, it is the responsibility of the new group of world servers to hold the point of tension between the extremes 
so that steps can be taken towards solutions to these long, festering wounds. In the midst of chaos, there is always opportunity. And it is to this group of world mediators, the new group of world servers, that the spiritual hierarchy of the planet looks for aid in bringing order out of chaos and leading humanity from darkness to light. Let's now take a brief moment of silence, recognizing the importance of the energies being focalized at this time, standing with all the many individuals and groups working together with us at this full moon, and sound together the mantra of the Holy Ones. And as we do, let's establish an alignment between the golden path which leads to the clear pool and then extending the alignment to the temple of retreat. And because of the intensity of the present situation, we'll call upon the Lords of Liberation. May the Holy Ones, whose pupils we aspire to become, so strengthen us that we may give ourselves without reserve, seeking nothing, asking nothing, hoping nothing for the separated self. May we be content to be in the light or in the dark to be active or passive, to work or to wait, to speak or to be silent, to take praise or reproach, to feel sorrow or joy. Our only wish to be what they need as instruments for their mighty work and to fill whatever post is vacant in their household. As the eclipse cycle at this time falls under the combined influence of Libra and Scorpio, we're provided with a pair of energies that stimulate forward movement in alignment with the plan. For Libra establishes the point of tension for the energy of the soul to be drawn forth. And Scorpio provides the indomitable will and strength to carry forward the achieved tension and bring it into the battle of life. This combination engenders lines of relationship between humanity and the new group of world servers. For it's said that the masses of humanity fall under the conditioning influence of the scales of Libra, while the discipleship group is conditioned by Scorpio. The new group therefore holds upon its shoulders the demand to shift the energy of the masses 
towards the light. Scorpio is the archetypal sign of discipleship, and it's described in the ancient teachings as the greatest experience upon the path. It's great because it carries through and solidifies the decisions made in Libra. As the sign of the warrior, Scorpio embodies the qualities of strength, determination, the the ability to give one's life for a cause, and in the end, the capacity to triumph over all odds in the realization of that cause. At this stage in the long journey of the soul's life, one sees the realization of the whole goal of evolutionary development and the attainment of the long-forward liberation into divinity. Scorpio is one of the preeminent signs of death, and this is highlighted in Christ's experience alone in the desert after the baptism. Christ's experience was archetypal, a symbol of that which all disciples must encounter, yet something that he was recapitulating via the Master Jesus in the name of all humanity. In the desert, devoid of all human contact, he spent 40 days in prayer and fasting where he was confronted with himself. He was tested in all aspects of his being, and a sense of loss and doubt descended upon him. He faced the natural fears that arise in such moments when all that had previously given life meaning had been stripped away. He asked himself if all that he had experienced was merely a delusion and his realizations false. He was confronted with the dweller aspect of himself, the dweller being the accumulated shortcomings accrued over many, many lives. But at the same time, In this desert, he stood face to face with the real, with the angel, with the soul, which we're told was an equally terrifying experience. And from all this, he emerged from the desert, having proved to himself the veracity of the soul's reality. He conquered fear and killed doubt, and through this means, Christ and all seekers after truth develop that discriminative power that enables them to see through the pairs of opposites and follow the razor-edged path into the light. The transformations in the desert are reflective of the depth of the Scorpio experience. This is a deeply subjective energy, a receptive, watery influence that is cultivated through a highly strategic mental attitude. It is the sign of the warrior. War itself demands a deeply psychological and tactical ability in order to outmaneuver the enemy by never doubting the ultimate victory. That's the strength in Scorpio. In the case of the discipleship group, it is the confrontation with the collective dweller that is working out through humanity. And in an ancient manual called The Art of War, we read of certain counsels which are given to the warrior, which are really mental 
strategies that lead one to be an effective warrior and to triumph over, in this case, we would say, the battle of the dweller. These can be applied to ourselves in our own discipleship journey, but as we said earlier, more in collectively to humanity and to the discipleship group. So in The Art of War, we read, if ignorant both of your enemy and yourself, you're certain to be in peril. Went on to say, he who is prudent and lies in wait for an enemy who is not, will be victorious. And finally, what the ancients called a clever fighter is one who not only wins, but excels in winning with ease. The skillful warrior succeeds because he has perfected those attitudes of mind which refuse to succumb to fear, recognizing that fear is an illusion. This quality is embodied in the Sanskrit term shraddha, which is defined as utter fearlessness that casts out doubt. The warrior not only frees himself and inspires others to do the same, but he dedicates this fearlessness, this liberation, to the freeing of imprisoned humanity. This warrior arrives at the realization that he is divinely protected and consequently, invincible. Too often, however, men and women of goodwill fail to recognize the need for the warrior's skillfulness, and yet it is precisely this quality demanded of the group, particularly at times such as these. For humanity remains caught between conflicting forces, captive to the endless cycles of wars and hatreds, which has successfully turned individuals, groups, and nations against each other, weakening humanity and deflecting energies away from essentials and into non-essentials. Humanity, therefore, has been unskillful. At the close of the Second World War, there was much success in driving back the materialistic forces, and much forward movement was realized. Yet over the past decades, forces have conspired to interfere and interrupt the divine circulatory flow of energies. Humanity has been captured by forces that manipulate and distort, and as a result, they have opened wider the door where evil dwells, unleashing forces with which humanity was never intended and is ill-equipped to deal. And at the same time that humanity is dealing with these ancient and entrenched forces, we're also being subjected to many new and powerful incoming energies, which are also difficult to handle. These energies have resulted in conditions such as overstimulation, psychic sensitivities, ill health, and mental and emotional imbalances. But at the same time, these incoming energies of the new age, the new ray and planetary influences have vastly expanded human consciousness, opening us to so many things to which we were previously closed. So amidst these whirling forces, the group is charged with finding its way and standing steady. 
This steadiness is needed in order to keep the link between the inner and outer worlds open and the plan progressing. The present challenges could be viewed as the last vestiges of the forces and energies unleashed during the World War and the death knell which that conflagration was intended to give to the forces of materialism. Unfortunately, those goals were not realized. And the Tibetan predicted this possibility, and he warned that men will fight to prevent the realization of a new and better world. He said the vested interests, the big cartels, trusts, and monopolies that controlled the past few decades preceding this world war will mobilize their resources and fight to the death to prevent the extinction of their source of income. They will not permit, if they can help it, the passing of control into the hands of the masses to whom it rightly belongs. The selfish interests among the big stockholders, the banking firms, and the wealthy organized churches, he said, will oppose all change, except insofar as it will benefit them and bring more financial gain to their coffers. Another dire warning from the Tibetan relates directly to the present situation and is worth considering and holding in our thoughts at this time. He said that in the archives of the spiritual hierarchy, the entire area of the Near East and Europe, Greece, Yugoslavia, Turkey, Palestine, the Arab states, Egypt, and Russia, were under a heavy overshadowing cloud. And he asked if this cloud could be dissipated by the right thinking and planning of the majority of the nations of the world standing together. Or, he wondered, must this cloud break in disaster over the world? Will it present a task too hard for correct handling? by that inexperienced disciple, humanity. But we do know that all challenges present corresponding opportunities. The dark, overshadowing cloud hovering over the midpoint of the world can be counteracted by the new group as it aligns with the forces of light. The group is challenged to establish the requisite tension that will allow it to draw upon another cloud, the rain cloud of knowable things, which contains the resources of all the many ashramic groups and which can precipitate the energies needed through which solutions can be found. The Tibetan wrote that this rain cloud is hovering, heavy with portents and knowledge, over a world today in process of reorganization and regeneration. He said the masters are seeking to hasten in their disciples this recognition of that which is imminent so that they can be the intelligent agents whereby the needed precipitation can be brought about. This transformation that Christ underwent in the desert all those many years ago proved 
that the human could be turned into the divine. And this has also been testified to by all the lives of the saints and rishis from all the many different religions and spiritual traditions throughout time. These transformations within consciousness prove the reality of the potential of the human soul and by extension of the soul of the entire human kingdom. This is the ultimate lesson of the Scorpio experience, this transformation, this rising of the Venus from the ashes that leads straight to the mountaintop of initiation. It's through the death of the personality in Scorpio that the eventual entry into life is realized. This is the true transhumanism in contrast to the proposed implementation of chips into human brains in a vain attempt to replicate that which cannot be replicated through artificial means. Through the accessing of divinity, the potential innate within each human soul can be realized. Through the death of the personality, the disciple enters into life. Then will the access to the rain cloud of knowable things be realized. Then will the new ideas precipitate and give birth to a just and proper use of technology, not to hack human beings, but rather to release humanity from the weight of slavery and into the culture of the soul. So now let's work together with the full moon approach to the hierarchy. The keynote of this work, he who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light, and lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Meditation. Letting in the light. We come together in group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity.
I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, the logos of our planet. And we stand within the heart center of that hierarchy, in the heart of the Christ, the heart of love. And from that center, we extend the alignment towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. A higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala, radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation, we reflect on the seed thought for Scorpio. Warrior I am, and from the battle I emerge triumphant. Precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, 
and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in the prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. Or interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram and sound together the affirmation of love. In the center of all love I stand. From that center I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light, love, and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And just to remember that the exact time of the full moon occurs tomorrow afternoon at 4.24 p.m. uh, Eastern Daylight Time. So we can hold the alignment for that day of safeguarding. And we can visualize the forces of light and the rain cloud of knowable things overshadowing the dark cloud hovering over the Middle East and the surrounding countries. So to announce our upcoming meetings, two weeks from tomorrow, we have the World Goodwill online seminar. 
on the theme of human responsibility in an age of transformation, forging a moral direction in science and technology. So that's on November 11th from 1 to 4 p.m. in New York. And the meetings in Geneva under uh, our time, Eastern Standard, Eastern Daylight Time, it would be from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. in Geneva and 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. in London. So we hope you can all tune into that and you can find out more information on our website homepage. And then the next uh, full moon meeting will be the Festival of Sagittarius on Sunday, November 26th at 3 p.m. here in our offices in New York and also via Zoom. So thank you all again and have a good night.